Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Rocky Howard. Rocky is the Chief People and Equity Officer at the Mum Project and host of the Voices of Diversity podcast. Welcome to my podcast, Rocky. Oh, I'm so honored to be here, Jono. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. I uh, I think um, already before 
pressing record. It's been wonderful to have a quick chat and get to know each other. But uh, for our listeners, can you fill everyone in with a bit more information about what you do in, in your role at the Mum Project and with your podcast? Absolutely. So um, hi, everyone. Um, like Jono said, my name is Rocky Howard. I identify as she, her, Black, Christian, Gen X, wife, mom. I am honored to be the Chief People and Equity Officer at the Mom Project. If you're not familiar, the Mom Project is a U.S.-based company where we really help to um, get moms back to work, right, and to create equitable environments and to place moms in equitable companies and environments who are really looking to um to, to, to actually create cultures that are welcoming and understand the multiple dimensions and needs of mothers. Um, so we create communities for moms. We host events for moms. We have our work labs and our research division. We have our momproject.org, which houses our rise where we upscale moms with a focus on women of color. So our organization is an incredible organization. And my role within the organization is to make sure that our culture is a high-performing, inclusive culture um, where people can thrive and really worry about nothing but being in service to mom. Um, as, a, as an equity officer, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are very important to me. Um, I've been doing that work for quite some time, and that's how the Voices of Diversity podcast was born. The purpose of diverse, the Voices of Diversity podcast is because I think when I'm in work mode, maybe not so much at the mom project, but prior to coming to the, the mom project, when I was in work mode, what I find is yeah. when I'm having all of these conversations about diversity and the spectrum of that, it's working within the systemic issues that you have. And it's, you know, and what I recognize and what I believe is that changing the diversity narrative is a hearts and minds issue. And mm. I found I wasn't spending any time talking about how inequity, racism, bias, and, and all of the byproducts affect John and Mary and Sue. And those are the conversations I wanted to have. And, and I believe if you can do that, it, it actually helps people to understand the struggle. So the Voices of Diversity podcast is a podcast where we talk to people from multiple dimensions of diversity, and they talk about from their perspective, what their journey has been like in corporate America, and they give advice for those of us who are allies and wanna help and support. So um, all that being mm. said, there's one more job I do. It's the most important <laughs> job I do. I'm a wife and mother of four. Incredible, yes. Well, uh, and you were just saying that, uh, you you know you've got a birthday coming up for one of your kids and uh, and I was just commenting that they're they're out of the teens from from twenty to thirty one so uh, whereas I'm coming in um, in the next few weeks my wife Liz and I are expecting our first so we're sort of you're moving uh, <laughs> into one season and I'm uh, I'm moving into another uh, it's it's just amazing how that happens isn't it it is and let me just tell you enjoy every moment because it flies by fast. And so it's really hard for mm. me to believe. So, so my baby, my son, um, he hates it when I call him my baby, but he is the youngest, <laughs> um, yeah. turns 20 this Monday. And then a month from now, my second daughter turns 30. So we've got big milestone birthdays coming up in the Howard wow. house. Wow. Yeah, you do. Well, happy birthday to, uh, to, uh, to your two kids turning 20 and 30. They are big birthdays. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> So I'd love to hear some of your story, Rocky, and it's always a real um, honor to do that when you have your own podcast and you're chatting with people about their stories. But let's chat about Rocky. Tell us about some of the moments that really shaped you becoming the person and the leader you are today, even as far back as, as your childhood. Yeah, it, it is a, it's a very interesting story. And I, I like to tell it because I think in today's world, Instagram and social media really has us thinking that everything is perfect and easy and it, it has an unrealistic benchmark. And so 
a lot of times I think we see where people are at a point in time in life. And we get to see that through the lens of how people want us to see it, but it's not always realistic and it doesn't tell the whole story. (laughs) Um, And it it also sets up very false expectations for us. So um, my story is, is one where I grew up in a lower social economic circumstance Um, I was, um, in a, I had a parent who by today's standards would probably be diagnosed as bipolar. And as a result of that, she was, um, she was abusive. Right. And it was a tough situation to grow up in. Um, Mm. and it really impacted, I say this because it, you have to make some decisions, I think about life and how you approach life and, and, being in that situation and growing up in that situation, one of the things that I recognized was that work was going to be my way out, right? <laughs> like I, I I grew up, like some, some <laughs> girls grow up and dream about Barbie dolls. Some girls grow up and dream about getting married. I grew up and dreamt about getting a job and being able to get myself out of that set of <laughs> circumstances, right? And so I've sure. been literally working since I was 13 years old. Um, and, what I found is, and I mean, I, I worked as a camp counselor, I worked in restaurants, I worked all while I went through high school, um, I moved out on my own right after I graduated from high school, and um, I, I really had my first opportunity to lead. I was, I was, ironically enough, I was working at this restaurant, and one of my customers recruited me to come work for a retail organization and manage a retail organization. And and I think for those of us who have started with retail, there are some real lessons to learn that are really applicable about how to build relationships, (laughs) Um, how to build a brand. I mean, when you work in a retail store in in an urban area, like I, I worked in Chicago, right? there's you have to give people a reason to want to come to your store versus the store that's that's three you know literally three doors down so how do you do that right and it's about building relationships and it's about building brand how do you get people to stay working for you um you know it's about the culture that you create within that store and you don't think about it in that framework at the time but looking back i can see that so i was built out of retail ironically enough um, I, uh, my, my now husband of 30 years, but then, you know, my baby's daddy knocked me up and we weren't married quite <laughs> yet. And I was, the store that I worked in was, um, a store that had, was in a high crime area. And so it had been robbed the fifth time at gunpoint. I was in the store and I was very pregnant at the time. And I was like, okay, it's time to go. Oh, wow. And, wow. and what am I going to go do? And God love him. My, my husband said, you know, you don't really have to work. And I was like, yeah, I do. I need something to do. I can't just sit at home and be pregnant during this time. And so I went to a temp agency and said, I need something to do. I'm there. I'm obviously pregnant. I'm moving to a different city in five months, but if you could figure out something for me to do, I'd be really grateful. And that's how I was introduced to recruiting. Um, And I fell in love with it. It was like, oh my gosh, I could talk to people all day and I can help them find jobs and I can make money at this. This like <laughs> this is this is awesome, right? This is this is a heck yeah. of a gig. Um and <laughs> and I I I have this strong desire. So remember, I recognize from a very young age that careers can change people's lives. And so now I found a career where I can help other people do the same, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, throughout the course of all this, so you, you asked for some key moments. So I think making that change was a key moment, recognizing that work could literally change the trajectory of life was a key moment. Mm. I've been able Mm. to do that for other people, for my own family. I've changed the trajectory of my children's life. They certainly have a very different life than I did through working. Yeah. Yeah. So it was important to me as I grew in my career to make sure that I not only gave that opportunity through to people when I was recruiting, but for the people who worked for me, how could I develop them? How could I help shape them? Um, and, 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 and so it became less about being a boss 
and more about how do I continue to support and develop people? How do I get the best out of people? And, you know, this is not going to sound really popular. Um, I think, and I'll take a step back before I say that. And so along the way, there were some developmental opportunities that I was presented. I, I, um, took a stint as a project manager and learned deep project management skills. Um, you know, I worked in every area of recruitment landing and, 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 mm-hmm. and that, you know, from temp to perm to corporate, spent 11 years in the recruitment process outsourcing business where I helped major global companies with their recruiting framework. And so I think another one of those things that you learn on your path to leadership is really to lead from a place of your own strengths instead of focusing on the things that you don't do well, how about if you just become laser focused on those things that you do really, really well, and Mm -hmm. you build a team of people around you who complement that and you give them the space to do what they do really well. Right. And that was, that was a lesson that I learned as I, as I came along. Right. So I built this kind of, um, expertise in recruiting operations and and driving large-scale recruiting programs. And that's what I did really well. And that's what I stuck to. And I wasn't interested in kind of climbing the corporate ladder. And this leads to another pivotal point. Um, I, I was very disillusioned with corporate America, right? Like I, yeah. um, I, I was disillusioned with the politics. I had to make a decision. I wasn't going to play the game. It's just not how I'm wired. Um, and so I made this decision to kind of go into the recruitment process outsourcing because I was like, I like what I do. I like building teams. I like solutioning recruiting. I've given up this, I'm going to climb and, you know, be whatever. And I think the moment I decided I'm going to give up what I think success looks like, and I'm going to show up and be the person that I am, and I'm going to do what I do really well. And whatever happens, happens is about the time that my career took off. Wow. (laughs) Um, Because you focused on, so now you're not spending this energy on architecting a version of yourself and trying to control and be that self. You're saying, here's how I show up. And so now I can spend all this energy leaning into my strengths and doing things really well. And I think that was another pivotal moment because I didn't recognize at the time that when you do that and you really show up as an authentic leader and you show up being yourself, you give yeah. permission for other people to be able to do that. Mm. And I remember wow. the first time someone sat me down and said a person that that was, you know, probably a level or two below me. And I was, I was, I was moving into a new job with our company. And before I left the location I was at, they said to me, you have shown us what it's like that I can be different. I can be myself and I can still be successful. And to me, that's the Mm. real compliment of a leader. It's, it's making time to get to know people. It's giving them the space. It's understanding how you can develop them, but it's showing by um, Mm. example. And I think that made another pivot to me really wanting to focus on these dimensions of diversity and supporting people in that space. And I guess the last pivot I made that was kind of along that lines is, you know, when I turned 40, it, it, it just amplified that. I was like, okay, I'm really done playing games now. And I know that I am <laughs> a corporate, you know, senior leader at that point. I hadn't hit the C-suite yet. Um, yeah. But for your audience, and Jono will get to, to his see me, I'm sure there's a picture that'll go up somewhere. I probably am not what people picture when they picture an executive right? Like I am a black woman with short hair and a nose ring and crazy glasses (laughs) and big hoop earrings. And that's how I show up. And it's okay. And, and, and I think you, you make decisions, you realize there are consequences, but I think from a leadership perspective, which is what we're talking about, when yeah. you have enough confidence to show up and say, this is how I show up in the world and how you get the best out of me and how I get mm. the best out of others is to let me show up the way I show up and let me do my thing. When you mm. can find that place, there's so much value you add both for yourself 
and the people you're leading. So that's a really long answer to your question, but I, I hope it gives you some nuggets and I hope it's interesting. It's so interesting. No, that was wonderful. I have so many questions. I'm filtering through them, trying to <laughs> trying to pick one because I, I really loved what uh, the person said to you though about uh, that you showed them. I think it was how to be um, how to be different, how to be yourself, and how to be successful. And um, you know what that reminded me of? I love Patrick Lencioni. Anyone who listens to my podcast knows I'm a I'm a massive fan of uh, Patrick Lencioni's leadership. Uh, books and uh, he talks about politics in organizations and I love the way he talks about it because too often we think of politics as backstabbing which it is but he says politics is anytime you are saying what you think someone wants to hear rather than what you really think for sure and that is so challenging to me and what I love about your story is I hear a story of someone authentically living out uh, and, and leading from a place that would repel, I imagine, politics, which is must be so refreshing for the people you lead. Well, here's what's really interesting, right? Um, and I, 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 I will say this, um, it, it challenges politics, right? I don't know if it repels mm. it, but it certainly does challenge it. Um, and I do think what's very interesting is that what I have found in my career is a lot of times like you interview people and people will say, I want a leader who is going to be direct and open and honest and transparent. (laughs) And I'm all of those things. Um, And until it's direct and open and honest to me about something that I've done as a person that's being led. Exactly. Is that... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. And then people are like, oh my God, she's too much. Like this is way too much. And so it's interesting. People have very visceral responses to me. They either love me or hate me, but here's the deal. I am not in a popularity contest, right? Mm. I don't show up to work to gain friends. I have been blessed that I work with amazing people who I count as friends um, from years and even now. Right. And that's a great byproduct of it, but that's not why I show up at work. I show up for work. And this is what I was going to say earlier. That's not popular. So I don't show up Mm. to be your friend. What I do show Mm. up is as a leader who, when I leave this earth, part of my legacy, I want people to say I was a better person either personally or professionally because I worked with Rocky Howard. Right. And if I've Mm -hmm. done that, then I've done my job as a leader. And, and some of those people are not going to say, oh, I loved her. They're going to say, I hated her. But you know what? She made me a better person. And, and, and that's okay. Yeah, that's so good. And I think it's a challenge for leaders who are listening. One of my favorite lessons I've learned recently about marketing, and I'm very passionate about marketing and business development because that's really the space I came from where I spent many years when I first graduated from school. And I'm really passionate about business development and marketing. And one of the things I've learned recently is that you have to be polarizing. You, not, not for the sake of it. You don't want to be polarizing for the sake of being polarizing, but you have to embrace one of my favorite sayings recently that I think is a great challenging statement in marketing, but it goes for leadership, is you've got to choose who you lose. Choose no who you lose. There's someone's, someone, some group are not going to like you, and that's okay. You need to choose who that's going to be, choose who to lose, because in that, and, and uh, one of the points that I was really challenged on when I was reading about this was, you know, the author said, think about someone that you follow on social media who you disagree with or even dislike, but you still follow them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, wow, that's so true. I do have a bunch of those people. And I might even not, it's not just disagree. Sometimes there's something about them that really rubs me the wrong way, but I'll keep, uh, I will keep watching what they do. And I, and I think the encouragement is, that um, once again, it's not about to polarize for the sake of polarizing, but it's about being yourself, accepting that you'll be different and, and realizing that uh, great leaders, are, you know, what if, what if we accept that great leaders are, are polarizing and we accept that there's going to be people who don't like us and the challenge is how can I be myself except where I'm different to other people and choose who I'm going to lose? That's really hard to practice though. It is very hard to practice. I, I, and I, I love the way that you brought this up because 
I think of it this way, and I'm going to use a word that I hope won't offend anyone, but I hope in context, you'll understand what it means. So um, I was in a situation where I built one of the most diverse teams that my company had. We had 54% cultural diversity, um, 15% LGBTQ population, uh, something like 12% veteran population. And it was such a gr group of people and the culture was incredible. So people would ask me how to replicate this, right? Cross my country, cr cross my company. Rocky, we want you to go to all <laughs> these other centers and we want you to do it. Well, first mm. of all, I can't be, I can't clone myself, right? Like that's problem number one, because part of this is a reflection on me. But here's here's what we started to say to people. This is what changed the game. We threw out a lot of the traditional job descriptions and the requirements. And what we started to focus on, and this, like like I said, the word may, may agitate some people, but you'll get where hmm. I'm going. I used to yeah. say, I'm a special brand of crazy. And so is our <laughs> culture. And what we want here is we want people to be special brands of crazy. They just need to be complimentary crazy. <laughs> right? Just it, yeah. it, it has to complement each other. And I say that mm. to say people kind of would look at me when we were we started this kind of interview path, but the outcome was pretty obvious. And I think to your point, um, there are several people. And when I think about kind of taking your analogy all the way through, when I think about people that we interviewed, right, there mm. were people who interviewed and would send notes that, oh, my gosh, I can't work for that person. I can't believe they said this or that or that in the interview. And that was horrible. And you're like okay, we chose to lose you because you weren't going to be a right fit. There were other people who came through the interview process and went like, once they got to know me, were like, oh my God, you terrified me in an interview process. And I didn't think you liked me, but I'm so glad to be here. And I love who you are. Right. Um, and, and so those people to your <laughs> point kept listening and said, there's something here for me and I could see how to work within it. And I could see that it's gonna stretch me and grow me. And so I wanna be mm. part of that mission. And so I do think, um, even when you think about cultures, we talk so much about the importance of culture, but then a lot yeah. of times when we see that someone is not culturally aligned, we're afraid to let them go. And one of the things that I used to say that was was very unpopular is that our values are not something that sits on the wall. There's something we live and breathe. And you could be the highest producing yeah. person in what you do. If you are not living our values, we will exit you. Yeah, yeah. It's just and that that's, simple. That's where, you know, and that's uh, one of my favorite things about values. It's another Patrick Lencioni idea, but he talks about, true values are things you're willing to be punished for. Absolutely. And we all love nodding at that going, yeah, but we're willing to be punished means a top producer, a very competent, highly skilled person who's not values aligned uh, being exited. That's where the rubber hits the road. Absolutely. And, and when you're willing to do that, I think you're mm. in an elite group of leaders because it's, it's not an easy thing to do and it's not always a popular thing to do, but your great yeah. people and even your, your players, like, look, everybody is not a, a plus player, but, but my theory is like our businesses all need the B players. Those are the people who run the business, right? Like those are the people who get all the work done. I love the, <laughs> the, the, the those players, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It, they are the steady eddies. They are the performers. They are the people who are dedicated to us, et cetera. When they see you actually living your values, guess what? Now you've created loyalty. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's so good, Rocky. One thing I wanted to jump back into from your story is uh, I'm really struck by your resilience and how you grew up with such a challenging environment and yet you have uh, managed to be so successful, uh, not only in work, but like you said, in the most important um, areas in terms of your, uh, you know, being married for 30 years and, um, and, and with your kids and, uh, you know, not to say that those who go through divorce aren't successful. That's uh, that's not what I'm saying. But I just want to ask you about how so many of us know people who grew up in challenging environments, but were never able to overcome it. And For it sure. follows them and they carry it everywhere. 
and often maybe we're the one in their team being led by them going, if only they had dealt with something that they had early on in their life, maybe they would have been a better leader. I know this is a big question, but how were you able to deal with that challenging upbringing and yet turn it around in your life? Yeah, there's actually, there's a really easy answer for this. And so you saw me introduce myself with, with multiple dimensions of my diversity. And um, I, there's two answers to your question that are there that really make this very simple. One is that I'm a Christian and I heavily lean on my faith and my belief in God to pull me through situations and um, unabashedly Christian, right? Um, And Mm. so for me, that faith let me know that I had, like, I always believed that God had a purpose for my life. And Mm. I had to make a decision. And so this is the second part of this. And, and it's so funny. Yeah. I remember a very specific day and this came to me very early in my life. So to mm. your point, um, one of my high school best friends, I spent a lot of time at her house. Her mom knew my situation. Um, there were parts of it that you couldn't hide and you couldn't see, you know, like when a kid shows up and she's got a, you know, black eye, you know, something is going on. Right. And, um, so she had been a safe house for me. And, 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 and she said to me one day when we were, when, just when we were graduating from high school, she sat me down and she worked in the public school system here. And she said kind of the same thing you said. She said, look, I have all these kids who have gone through far less things than I know that you have experienced that have taken a different path. And she's like, you're always so happy. You're always so mm. appreciative. Like, you're going to be okay. Like, can you just tell me, like, if I could just bottle it up and give it to others, can you just tell me? And I remember at 18, not really, I don't think I understood then the magnitude of what I was saying, but I've lived my life this way. I said Mm. to her, I do believe that God has a purpose for my life, but more importantly, I get to choose. Like I get to choose who I'm going to be in this world. And I choose this pathway I'm going down. And I refuse to give power to the people who abused me and let Mm. them own the rest of my life. I get to choose who I'm going to be. And, and I made a choice. Wow. So I think for me, it, it is faith. Um, and it was a choice and certainly all of that has been, um, supported and guided and and look i'm not telling you it was easy let me just let me just be really honest it's not easy it has not been an easy it is not easy and it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows um there are so many people in my life who once i made that choice helped me get through all of the circumstances all of the mental health challenges all of the residuals that you have to deal with when you have those circumstances so it hasn't been easy but the truth is, is I made a choice and I choose that every single day. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing uh, so vulnerably about your faith and about choosing. Uh, I This question pops into my mind, so I, so I have to ask it for, say for those listening who uh, may may have had a similar challenging upbringing in terms of um, some form of, of abuse, or it may be something where they're listening going, look, what I've dealt with is nothing compared to Rocky, but gee, I do feel like I'm carrying baggage. <laughs> How do you choose that every, every day? What would you say if someone was sitting across from you, if they were sitting with us and we were sitting over a coffee and they said, Rocky, how do I, I feel like maybe I haven't been choosing that. How do I start really, uh, you know, doing what you're talking about, which you described at 18, which is choosing. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, so first of all, let me just say this don't ever compare your journey to someone else's, right? Like what you feel and how you feel it could be just Mm. as catastrophic to you and have just as much impact on you. And it can be smaller, but like, don't compare your experiences, right? I think that's the first really dangerous thing you do because then you sit back and you go, oh, well, if Rocky could survive that, I feel really stupid going, oh, my boyfriend quit me and I feel devastated. No, that may be your cross to bear, right? Like that may be Mm -hmm. your challenge, right? And so I I think for me, it's, it's really about reframing 
the circumstance and thinking about what do I want to be on the other side of it and can I get there? It also is about tapping into others and asking for help and support. It's about yeah. being vulnerable. Um, it's about keeping a therapist on on speed dial if you need to. Mm. <laughs> um, it, it's the best money you will ever spend. Um, but yeah. I I have this theory, right? Like um, that you just have to make a choice, and we make all kinds of choices. And 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 mm. I think ultimately it's if you could you start to treat yourself in the same way that you would treat someone else. Like, <laughs> I, I think we are so hard on ourselves and especially as women, if, if, mm. if, if someone's sitting across from you and says, I'm really struggling with this, but I feel silly and how do I do this? You would give yeah. them all kinds of grace and support, but we're unwilling to do that for ourselves. So, so what I would say to that person is be willing to give yourself the same grace and support you would give someone else and know that I truly believe no matter what your religious, and I'm using quotes, um, affiliations mm. are, I believe that there's always something bigger than us in the universe and, and there's a yeah. purpose while you're here. And so since you're here, why don't you choose? Are you going to be miserable or are you going to choose to figure out what that purpose is and let's do it together? I'm happy to help you. Yeah, that's wonderful, Rocky. There's it's such a it's such a deep thought. Um, and what what you remind me of is um, what you've reminded me of, which in leadership is something that's really struck me recently is the importance of the 360 degree. You know, the, getting well, the view yes. from every from around. But I think I think in life, because that's why I love this conversation. Yes, it's about leadership, but I love breaking down the. You mentioned earlier Instagram. It's like if only if only we were forced to Instagram our worst days, right? Like that would be no one would probably want to watch because we've all got those moments in life where where it's not Instagrammable because it's really hard, and um, I think that's what you don't see. And, uh, and I think the challenge and the thing I'd encourage people to do off the back of what you said is to have 360 degree feedback and support, um, you know, who is, who is ahead of you, who's supporting you, how are you listening to the people close to you? I, I think, I think it's, um, it's so much about having that feedback and that support. And we all know leaders, this is why I'm saying this, like, let's not be the leader where people go oh, wow, they have such a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And and we know that people don't leave companies, they leave people. <laughs> people don't leave jobs, they leave people. And um, and so, yes, for that reason, but also just as a human being, invest in therapy, invest in great support around you. And then at, in your leadership journey, invest in 360-degree feedback. Find out once, you know, as you grow, face some of those demons and go, okay, what do I do that really drives people <laughs> insane? Um, and, uh, and I think that's, that's why I love coming back to that point of choosing, just choose to, 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 to get support, to face yourself to, and to not be, make a choice to not be one of those leaders. Like you said, right. You know, back at the start, let's be a leader who leaves a legacy where people go, I'm better because of Rocky. I'm better because of Jono, not, you know what, <laughs> they never face their stuff. And as a result, I had a terrible time in their team. For sure. Um, that's where this affects leadership. For sure. And I will, I don't want to belabor the point, but I will say this because I think it brings the two things that you were just talking to together. And I, I thought about something. So I had the privilege of going to IMD business school in Switzerland for a period of time for uh, an executive leadership training. Um, one of the things that they did that I thought was really interesting is exactly what you said. Not only did we go through 360 feedback, but the price for entry was to write this 25 page paper on what your life had been. And so what they really did was kind of <laughs> merge the here's yeah. who I am as a person. And now, and you sat down with an IO psychologist and you, you started to learn how these things that I went through and how I developed as a human being in my personal life how they really affect leadership. And so to yeah. bring that all together, what you're saying is not just for the sake of this podcast. It's a, it's a proven methodology to help us understand how to be better leaders. If you understand yourself better and who you are, 
and what we call in our house, your curves and edges, <laughs> then you can <laughs> be a better leader. Yeah, I love that. That's that's so good. Well, we could go, uh, we could keep talking for so long and I would love to invite you back for um, another episode down the track, Rocky, because it's been such a joy and, and I'm uh, I'm watching the clock um, and that's the only reason I'm starting to wrap up because it's been such a joy. Uh, so the invitation is there. Um, It'd be my pleasure. Like to come back on. That would be wonderful. We'll definitely do that. Let's jump into Leadership Express to, to land today. I've got a few questions for you. Firstly, what's a book that you've gifted to other people? The first 90 days. Um, so the first 90 days, mm. I every time I not only go into um, a new role, a, a new job, but like in a new company, but when I go into a new role, it really is a great book to just be able to give yourself perspective and to set up what that looks like um, for yourself. So it is The First 90 Days by Michael D. Watkins. Wonderful recommendation. Thank you. Do you have any favorite questions that you ask your podcast guests or in one-on-ones or in interviews, in team meetings, any favorite questions? I, I end every meeting with my team by asking how I can help and support. And I'm willing to not only listen, but then to actually do the work for the request. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. What's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Oh, um, wow. That's a really good one. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's about trusting yourself. And, and this is, this is why. So, um, as I joined the mom project, our CEO, um, was going out for maternity leave. And so guess who she handed most of her responsibilities to me. <laughs> and, and I had been with the company five weeks at that point. And so what wow. I had to be reminded of is that I had transferable skills that I had deserved the seat at the table, that she trusted me, that I had the right skills, um, and that I had to trust myself. And so I think you have to really mm. remember to reach out to those people. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to delegate those things that you think you may not be the best at. Because real leaders, I believe, are vulnerable and honest but you also yeah. have to trust yourself and be willing to yes. make decisions and stand behind the decision. Even if it's the wrong decision, it was understanding, like I made this decision. Here's the thought process behind it. If it's wrong, you know what? I'll, I'll be accountable. No problem. But, but I made the decision and, and I had a thought process behind it. Yeah, that's wonderful. It, uh, have you come across Kim Scott's book, Radical Candor? Oh, yes, I have. It's been quite some time, but yes, I have. Yeah, it's a great book. I just had a thought because that book is wonderful. Um, uh, you know, Kim talks about challenge, uh, how great leaders, if you think of the a quadrant, great leaders do, you know, high care and high challenge. So top left and, and bottom right would be high care, high challenge. And in the top right, they meet and it's a leader who can do both. But you just made me think of um, using that same sort of quadrant, but around the challenge as leaders is to have that high humility and vulnerability and high confidence and trust in yourself. And that's, it's a similar thing. It's like that radical, um, it's, it's almost another, another element of, of uh, candor instead of how we, how we re relate to people. It's about that ability to be humble and vulnerable enough to go. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, what do you think? To, and yet at the same time, realizing more and more, no, but you do also have to trust yourself. And then when you make a decision, own the decision and be able to, I always respect those generals that you know, there's one, I can't remember his name, but who would always say about these wars that he sort of led in where there was so much at stake where people would say, how did you sleep at night? And he'd say, well, I, I knew that I'd done everything I could. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was always like, how on earth? I struggle <laughs> to do that when I'm just dealing with my myself and uh, and some clients that I work with, let alone a war. Oh, you're going to learn how to do that so with this much. new baby. That baby's going to teach That's you to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. I'll have some great recent leadership lessons I'll be learning uh, from, <laughs> from becoming a father in coming weeks. Um, 
Well, yeah, that was just a, a great thought. I love what you shared there, Rocky. Okay, one more question. Um, oh, two more. I, I always have to ask this one. A movie or TV show that really impacted you? Working Girl with Melanie Griffin. So um, it came out in the, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. Melanie Griffin, Harrison Ford, and it was a puller up by the bootstraps type of of yeah. movie and I just saw myself I always wanted to be working girl and as a matter of fact when I got my first promotion it was I I remember taking like when I got my first kind of director level role I did yeah. get a, an office where I had a bit of a view and I remember sending a picture to my husband and said hey look I'm a working girl now right love the movie <laughs> oh that's great I love asking that question I always get the wonderful recommendations Thank you. And uh, okay, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Wow. Be authentic. Mm. Just like if, if there's only one thing to say, it's be authentic. Because I think that authentic people can smell when you're not being authentic. And I think lack of authenticity can yeah. diminish your leadership legacy quicker than anything else. So I, I would say be authentic. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful advice. Well, for those who have just really enjoyed today's episode and have found some of the things you said really inspirational and challenging, where can people find you and your podcast, uh, books, etc.? Where can people find you online, Rocky? Yeah, so you can find me. Um, I am probably most present on LinkedIn. It's Rocky with an I. So Rocky Howard. Um, on social media, you can find me typically at Rocky Howard SPHR. Um, and the Voices of Diversity podcast is in every major podcast player. Um, and the website is the thevoicesofdiversity.com. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. This has been uh, just a, an episode, one of the ones I've enjoyed the most, to tell you the truth. It's been, I feel like I could have recorded for three hours. It's a sort of episode that honestly makes me question the uh, the length of, uh, of episode I do because it's been such a joy. So I hope it's also been um, wonderful for, for you listening. Don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast, which is more traditional tips on how to build a high-performance team and how to cast vision, uh, how to build a healthy culture, and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast, where I ask you a different question every day, put a stone in your shoe to make you uncomfortable, because if we want to grow, we need to be uncomfortable as leaders. Uh, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Rocky Howard for being such a joy, for sharing so vulnerably, and for, for being that uh, that wonderful combination of you know what i think it's that radical candor i think you nail high care people know that you really care but high challenge you're very challenging and uh, and i've enjoyed that so much thank you for coming on the podcast rocky well thank you for having me thank you for trusting me with your audience thank you for letting me show up and and share a little radical candor and i can't wait to come back and we'll do it again Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. 
We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.